Mixed Media Gaming. Hey, welcome back to uh, the Mixed Media Podcast. We just finished our movie segment and our uh, end of the year stream. Um, Irving just talked about It's a Wonderful Life, that's what it's called, <laughs> uh, and how it's a, a, a five star out of five star movie. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll be talking about, I'll be doing a, a sort of year in review for the video games industry. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll get into it. So uh, I listed out a few major events in my notes uh, that I could think of. And then after that, I sort of went to Wikipedia because Wikipedia has a nice page called 2021 in video games. And uh, at that point, I'll just start like spitting out things that I didn't know happened. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, okay. So I get, right, let's start off. I guess one of the more interesting things was that the Epic Games versus Apple lawsuit finally got resolved this year. It started late 2020 uh, and ended, what was it, March or something like that, maybe? And eventually the resolution, well, so, you know, the background was that Epic uh, Epic Games sued Apple over having restrictions for in-app purchasing methods outside of what is offered by the App Store, right? So Apple would like that you use their own API for having in-app purchases, and then Apple gets a cut of that, right? Uh, I think it's 30% or something like that. And Epic Games wasn't really having that. Like, oh, what if I want to use my own payment uh, method? Uh, but that is against Apple Terms of Service as far as I'm aware. So Epic Games sued them on 10 different charges. I don't know what they all are. <laughs> but uh, I do know that Apple defended themselves successfully in court for 9 out of 10 of them. They were found guilty for anti-steering policies under the California Unfair Competition Law. So... The California Unfair Competition Law is a very broad law, as the name suggests. So I'm not going to explain it because, like, as many things, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a very all-encompassing law that really is looked at uh, by its sections, I guess. Like some laws, yeah. Um, well, Nathan, the yeah. Sherman Antitrust Act is a very broad law. It literally just says, if you have too much power, is a federal law. If you haven't heard of it, oh. um, <laughs> uh, it says if you have too much economic power, essentially, I'm paraphrasing, you are a monopoly, and uh, <laughs> and you you basically just can just sue the federal government can sue that company on that basis. How we've gotten from there to uh, to now is a, is kind of baffles me, but you know that is oh, yeah. the state of the world. <laughs> Apparently, specifically the Californian variety of, uh, I guess, it's probably a sort of just a more elaborative version of, a, of a national antitrust laws. But yeah, they basically said, um, so essentially, the, the result of the fact that they're guilty on this one charge is that Apple can no longer stop developers from informing users of alternative payment systems within apps. So before, I assume, I didn't actually know this, is that uh, you weren't even allowed to say, like, hey, there are alternate routes of paying me as an as an app developer. But now you can, I guess. So, uh, yeah, that's a thing now. I still don't know if Fortnite's on the App Store. <laughs> I don't know if that still exists. I don't know, because it was, it, was, uh, it was banned, right? I don't know if uh, Epic Games ever rolled back the changes that they made that uh, caused the ban, which was just having their own separate payment method. But I would assume it's back by now, and they just rolled it back based on the rulings. Uh, Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic Games, called it a loss. <laughs> the uh, I mean, he did lose nine out of ten, so sure, a loss for the games industry. Um, and yeah, at the same time, Epic Games, uh, you know, this is not something I guess necessarily relevant to this year specifically, but it's relevant to the whole Epic Games versus Apple thing, and that uh, Epic Games versus Google is still ongoing. And the complaint is. 
similar sort of in the in a broad sense it, it's about uh app stores again right but the complaint is different when you get down to the specifics of it so google is being accused of uh well essentially paying other game developers to uh, so uh, if you don't know right on the android on android on the android platform there's the google play store which is probably the most uh, i mean it is the most used um app store on android and then there are also like alternative ones right there's like the samsung store i think huawei has their own store uh there's um Android stuff like that right uh, various different stores and uh you know google only makes money off of the one off of the google play store because that's the one they own so google is being accused of paying game developers to stay on their own store uh and paying uh phone makers to not pre-install alternative stores um and a, uh, i can't remember which phone companies agreed to this but some did and uh, some game developers did as well i don't know if this is um epic games alleging things or things that have been proven so take that with a grain of salt uh, what 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 an interesting thing that Epic Games has claimed is that Google talked to Tencent. So if you don't know, Tencent owns a bit of uh, Epic Games. It's not majority; they don't have all the control in the world, but they own a notice, you know, a noticeable portion of Epic Games. So Google talked to Tencent to buy shares off of uh, Tencent of Epic Games, uh, behind Epic Games' back. So or sort of okay, let me restart. I'm sort of uh, jumbling things up here, but uh, essentially. Epic Games is a bit upset because Google did not talk to Epic Games. They talked to Tencent about doing one of two things, either buying shares of Epic Games off of Tencent in order to sort of remove Epic Games from the equation of people who are being rebellious and not wanting to be, you know, on the Google Play Store. And they also talked about buying or just partnering with Tencent to buy Epic Games out 100%. So essentially a joint ownership between the two. Uh, clearly, Tencent did not uh say yes to either of those things but um uh, that's essentially uh part of epic games gripe is that google is just trying to stifle competition competition by doing stuff like that and it's a bit it's a bit it's a bit of a sketchy timing right because those talks uh, happened a month before epic announced that it would leave the play store which caused people to believe that maybe there were some you know people with inside knowledge in epic games were working with google and essentially told you know spilled the beans were like hey by the way uh you need to protect protect your store because Epic Games is going to be leaving and making a big deal about it. You know, Tim Sweeney released a lot of information, including, you know, some emails and stuff like that, documents of uh, what was going on as is required, you know, to, to have a successful lawsuit. And, uh, you know, one thing he says is, quote, say nothing till it ships. Somehow it would seem by the time that Google knew or they got extraordinarily lucky, extraordinarily lucky in their timing. So I don't know. <laughs> Aside from the whole Epic Games things, uh, there is, uh, of course, the ongoing har- hardware shortage. So, you know, you can't really buy custom PC parts for any reasonable price, specifically GPUs and CPUs. Certain things like, I believe, hard drives are relatively fine. You know, buying consoles is tough. And it's a combination of both hardware shortages and uh, scalpers and stuff like that. Um, although I believe scalpers are a lot less of the issue now. So uh, I guess that's one good thing. There's a, but you know, I guess the more relevant part to this year is that we've seen the rise of it in cloud gaming. So there are many cloud gaming platforms out there. There's Google Stadia, there's Amazon Luna, Xbox Cloud Gaming, which used to be called Project X Cloud in the like preview stage, uh, GeForce Now, all of those not reviewed the greatest <laughs> by the media in general. Uh, and despite this, uh, cloud gaming is actually increasing in popularity and it seems like it'll be something that stays. Um, the reason being is probably just because you know, if you have an alternative, there's no alternative, right? If you don't have a computer, 
and you want to play a certain game that you can't run on whatever you have currently, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you're not going to be buying PC parts now. I'll tell you that much. Um, won't be building a full one. You could buy a pre-built. Those are uh, still very expensive. And um, no console. Well, cloud gaming is still affordable. So maybe that's what you know, I'm just going to go with. Um, Can I interject for a moment? Sure. This is this is like literally an example of exactly what I was talking about in my section. So, uh, if you're talking about transfer of uh, transfer of ownership, that's literally lifetime. What you're talking about. So you can no longer because of the market conditions, you can no longer own your own PC anymore because of the market conditions. Although this might be somewhat temp- temporary, maybe you know transfer from that to ownership of. Uh, of uh, your ability to cloud game, which becomes then a rent. Essentially, you're renting the uh, the the service instead of owning it. So there you go. There's an example. Lifetime. <laughs> oh yeah, I uh, do not like this at all. To be clear, this trend. I would much prefer it if you know people were able to buy the hardware they game on. Now, something to say for things like you know it's more efficient if you consolidate everything. And yes, that is true. Probably in most regards and that things can be more efficient when you consolidate them but when you consolidate them you lose freedom over the, the things right uh that's a big problem right it, i mean it, it has some nasty i don't i mean it, i think it's pretty self-evident we have some nasty issues with consolidating things in the past <laughs> in uh, various places <laughs> but, uh yeah it's, it's kind of it's kind of sketchy i'm not looking forward to that i'm, I'm hanging on to my pc uh, for sure you know, I, I could sell my gpu for a trillion dollars right now because that's what's worth pretty much but uh, I will not do that. <laughs> um, Hold on for dear life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cloud gaming rose in popularity nonetheless, despite the you know media reviews being bad. And the issues were essentially mostly the same across the board. You know, issues that seemingly cannot be resolved by current tech. Although I see uh, and I have an idea in my mind of how it could be resolved. I'm just not going to say it because uh, that is a, uh, a, a, a that's a, a tr- trade secret for myself, essentially. Um, but, uh, um, you know, issues with latency, issues with quality, because it's crazy. If you do the math on, on how much data must be sent for, say, a 1080p video running at 60 FPS, it is quite large if it's uncompressed. Uh, it is in fact, extremely large. <laughs> I think it's something we take for granted because you watch YouTube and it's like, oh, it's 1080p. But it's like, it's also compressed, like, insanely, uh, actually. Uh, you know, if you want to do the math, right, I'm not going to do it, but, okay, so, like, one, every pixel is like, uh, what is it? Is it a, it's, okay, it's three color channels. Each color channel is a byte, so three bytes per pixel, right? You have 1920 by 1080 for a standard resolution, as a lot of pixels times what I say three bytes, you have to get sixty times every second. So you multiply by sixty for how much data you need to send per second on uncompressed video. Uh, that's really bad, essentially. Um, for reference, uh, I'm streaming this at 720p because of just how much data has to go out to different sources. So I'm not even streaming this at 1080. Twitch doesn't even allow me to stream at 1080. I think currently, I don't remember. Um, and it's very, very highly compressed compared to your normal YouTube video you'd see. That's why streams tend to look really bad compared to, uh, to uh, you know, normal videos, which, you know, don't even look perfect themselves. So, yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, this is kind of a an odd thing in in, a, in an industry that 
highly values oftentimes visual fidelity. And it's like you're pushing the the bounds. You know, companies are pushing the bounds of of of, of graphics, right? And that's why we have things like you know the the latest and greatest graphic cards comes out you know every every few months and stuff like that. It's it's all for that, right? It's like what's even the point if it's all mush as it's compressed, you know, <laughs> um, and everything looks all soft uh, and stuff like that, or, or you know, artifacty and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of sad in in some sense. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's. I mean, I, I you know, I think for some things it doesn't really matter, right? Playing chess, like okay <laughs> i don't think anyone's you know although i guess you wouldn't be playing chess on a cloud gaming thing you could play literally on your phone or whatever you're using to stream this on right uh, you can play chess on it so it's not really a big deal but um yeah you know for games that still require more than like minecraft for example right it is harder to run than it looks because the game is whack <laughs> uh, i guess you could deal with actually i don't even know you could deal with compression the game has i feel like the graphics of the game have such sharp features that things would blend together in unpleasant ways if you actually, uh, you know, because uh, compression tends to blur things uh, specifically and uh, stuff like that, other, other garbage. Yeah, anyways, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's cloud gaming. Uh, and I think we can expect it to stick around for some time. Um, oh, yeah, it's worth noting that Google Stadia essentially seemingly failed despite this. It's very complicated. I don't entirely understand it. And uh, Google plans to focus on apparently more on publishing. I don't know what this means. Is I literally just read this like a couple like hours ago. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't know that, that, that they essentially uh, were semi axing their uh, Google Stadia division, sort of uh, pivoting focuses, I guess is what you'll call it. Yeah. Uh, aside from uh, cloud streaming, there was also the whole Activision Blizzard uh, thing that is still ongoing. So uh, if you don't know, uh, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has sued Activision Blizzard over a supposedly two-year investigation that claimed that Activision Blizzard's management has allowed and sometimes encouraged sexual misconduct, and uh, the company is discriminating against women in hiring processes and I think some, some other processes too. I'm not too yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I think this is perhaps the big, in terms of what people know in the gaming, people who are in the gaming community, it's probably the biggest story of the entire year. Uh, if you look at it... Uh, it's pretty it's big even outside of the gaming community, if I know about it. Oh, you know about it, actually? Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, the stock price of uh, Activision Blizzard has been tumbling ever since, significantly. It's not looking the greatest for them, but that being said, they're such a large company, it's like, I'll come back. <laughs> you know? Their stock the, is not going to suffer long-term over this. They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be back. <laughs> uh, the the president of Blizzard Entertainment left the company. It's worth noting that I believe Blizzard Entertainment is the developer, right? So Activision Blizzard has a very confusing structure of companies because of the way it formed. So Activision Blizzard is a formation of... I came together when Activision and... Vivendi Games, I believe, came together, merged, and they created Activision Blizzard. Then there's also Blizzard Entertainment, which is not a publisher, it's a developer. But I think there's also Blizzard Publishing. So I don't know. It's very confusing. <laughs> uh, but um, out of the like, you know, 100 companies that are under Activision Blizzard, there is one called Blizzard Entertainment. I think it's a developer. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, the president left the company over this stuff. So I, I guess 
either he felt disgraced or made this much pressure or he was implicated in some of these things. I don't actually know. Uh, I don't know much about this whole thing. Um, but as far as I understand, the management concerns are in Activision Blizzard, not Blizzard Entertainment. But I don't know, maybe it leaked into that as well. Um, oh yeah. Um, aside from Activision Blizzard, there is uh, Amazon entering the gaming world somewhat. So I, you know, before I mentioned Amazon Luna, I, I see you shaking your head over <laughs> immediately. Uh, is it, you know, there's Amazon Luna, which is their uh, streaming service. I've never heard of anyone who's ever used it, but I don't know. Apparently, exists. But they will <laughs> because it's Amazon and they have there and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when when things go like crazy because AWS AWS is down for like half a day, the internet breaks for like half a day. I don't know. I don't know if that's an argument for uh, for overreach, but I don't know. I yeah. A question, Nathan, did did that like affect anything with your school? With AWS going down? Yeah. I don't think it did. Uh, yeah, I think we were relatively untouched. <laughs> okay, it like shut down uh, my school's, uh, at least some of the like important applications like Canvas. Oh, okay. All day, so. Oh, wait, Canvas was down. I don't know if yeah. that was, I don't know if that corresponded with that actually. Oh no, that was that was the reason that Canvas was down there. Oh okay. Oh well, look at that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I will say Amazon's size is quite concerning. I do not not really feeling their uh, encroachment into the gaming industry. Uh, so aside from Amazon Luna, they also uh, um, created a uh, subsidiary called Amazon Game Studio and they released their debut title called New World. It's an MMORPG. Uh, it does not use a subscription model. I thought I thought I heard MMORPG was like, okay, it's Amazon trying to get people subscriptions, right? <laughs> but no, it's just, I think it's a, uh, well, I am most certain there are many, many in-game purchases based on the fact that it's an MMORPG and that's just how they work, right? Just, you know, you pay for it and uh, they are most likely banking on people paying for it uh, a lot more in-game to skip some of the grindiness perhaps or get like, you know, whatever. Yeah, the game actually broke a record for fourth most most fourth sorry fourth on the leaderboard for uh, most concurrent players on Steam. Uh, that didn't really last very long as people bought it and thought, "Wow, I don't want to play this anymore." <laughs> and this game is not the greatest. Uh, who would have thought? Um, <laughs> it really shows, uh, you know, just the fact that the Amazon name being a thing is like the game didn't have to be good and it broke a record for fourth. You know, like it, it rose past many, many, you know well-known notable games but uh yeah and in not that much time you know currently well currently still has a lot of players it's the third most played game on steam currently right that being said the game has mixed reviews on steam that is not what you'd expect from a top 10 game on steam it's actually fair like if i see mixed on steam i am almost likely not almost actually i'm not buying it straight up <laughs> uh most games do not have a well sorry i should say most games that are worth something <laughs> do not have mixed reviews on steam steam reviews tend to skew mostly positive for you know you know any game that is worth anything pretty much uh so see to see mixed is uh, pretty concerning you see mixed on games that are oftentimes old and abandoned and you'll get you know people really liked it at the start and later their reviews became negative as people were like this game's dead like specifically if it's a multiplayer games like and it's hard to get into a, a, i can't recommend this it's hard to get into a game without people there are not many people who play it Q times along, whatever. But this is a new game, so it doesn't have that issue, right? I haven't actually read the reviews and uh, what the issues are, but the fact that it's mixed is 
very concerning, I will say. <laughs> and uh, it actually kicked uh, Team Fortress 2 off the top 10 uh, most played games you know, concurrently on Steam for a moment. Um, with the help of Halo Infinite, which also came out, became it was third at the time. Uh, Halo Infinite uh, promptly, you know, it was not third anymore. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. We got uh, yeeted off the list quite considerably after the uh, early game hype went out, died down, essentially. Uh, but TFT is back at number seven. So it grew back stronger because I think it was at 10. It was at 10. New World came out. I assume it went down to 11. And now I check like a week later and it's at seven. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> is TF2 um, not like insanely hacked and terribly <laughs> terrible to play at this point? TF2? I mean... If people still play it like like avidly, you know, I think there might be a, a, a like a small cheater problem I sometimes hear about. But um, otherwise, I played TF2 a little bit. It seems like pretty actually a pretty well polished game. It just works like, you know, <laughs> uh, nice. it feels like a final product, I should say, you know, it feels like it's good. Um, although I don't I, I never really liked it all too much. Uh, I think most excels bad at it, but <laughs> uh, I didn't really I didn't really. I was coming at it from a, a wrong approach, essentially, as an FPS, but uh, um, now I know. Uh, okay, uh, aside from uh, Amazon, there's also Lucasfilms, who's also stepping into the games industry. Once again, uh, Lucasfilm Games has been revived from the grave by Lucasfilm um, to create a new Star Wars RPG whose name I forget. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> um, is but, this the uh, one that Ben posted? Clips, right? Yeah. yeah. What is it? Eclipse. Star Wars Eclipse? Okay. Yeah, that. This is a big deal because not only is it, you know, a Star Wars game is already notable, but also it shows that the EA exclusivity deal with Star Wars is gone. That used to be a thing. Uh, EA was, was publishing all the games for Star Wars. It's not a thing anymore. This game is actually published by Ubisoft um, and it's being developed by Massive Entertainment. Uh, I can't remember what other games they've made, but they made stuff. <laughs> they have a, actually have a very long history, I found out. Um, they've been owned by Vendi Games, which eventually... You know, merged with Activision to create Activision Blizzard. Been on by Activision before it was Activision Blizzard, so both companies, interesting enough. And uh, now Ubisoft. So uh, yeah, and even before then, they were uh, their own independent thing since I believe 1997, the late 1990s for sure. So they are surely certainly an established development studio. Although I believe they don't have many games, which is very very odd. But however. Um, and my last piece of news before we get to uh, not news, sorry, <laughs> last piece of well, yeah, news, I guess. Old news, 2021 news, I should say. Last piece of 2021 news before uh, I get to the quick facts from Wikipedia uh, is that It Takes Two won the Game of the Year for the Game Awards. The other, a lot of the other Game Awards haven't happened yet, like the Dice Awards, uh, Game Developers Choice Awards, British Academy Game Awards haven't happened yet. Uh, Japanese Game Awards happened, and Ghost of Tsushima won. I don't know if they only consider Japanese games there because all the winners I've seen have been Japanese. So I don't know if uh, I don't know if it's a coincidence or uh, wait yeah it's made by Sony yeah okay Japanese Sony's Sony's not Japanese no it's not Japanese no Sony's Korean Korean right oh okay I'm wrong then <laughs> uh, unless unless the development studio behind it because uh, I assume Sony just published it I don't know who developed Ghost Tsushima uh, perhaps a Japanese person or maybe it actually just opened for any country but uh, so I saw also like Mario Kart one and something like that I was like oh. I mean, it's just Japanese, but uh, no. Um, all right, quick facts from Wikipedia. So uh, before I mentioned, there is a Wikipedia call, page called 2021 in Video Games. It just lists a whole bunch of events, essentially, that happened. And uh, I chose some. 
uh, selectively things that one, I, most of these things I didn't know, or I forgot about them or things and things that I found interesting, you know, uh, but I skipped a lot of things like acquisitions because that is by far the most common thing on this list is something acquiring something else. Something, some company I've never heard of, uh, usually a holdings company acquiring some other developer I've never heard of. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, uh, let's get into oh, it. Apparently, so, uh, Sony is Japanese. Uh, Miss Castell says, Japanese. and then I just it. I just double checked it myself. It is Japanese. <laughs> okay, so maybe it is a Japanese only thing. I don't actually know. I don't know why in my head it was a Korean company. <laughs> is Capcom Japanese? I think it is because they also won something. Mm, I'm not sure. Capcom. It's Capcom Samsung is, that is, is Korean, right? Ah, right, uh, Samsung. Yes, yeah. Samsung. Uh, Capcom is also Japanese. Okay, I'm assuming Japanese. <laughs> Only, or is a, a very strong favor towards Japanese uh, companies. But one thing I like, that's, I think it's cool in the video games industry, is that it's so international. I feel like you're watching the Oscars, it's usually American things. Like, right? Is it a foreign films category, I think? Right? Yeah. I think it's a foreign films category. Mm-hmm. But you can also win if you're not. You can win in other things if you're not uh, American too, right? It's just unlikely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's very odd. But like, is... More, I don't even know what the U.S. you know like win rate is <laughs> in the game wars. It's not like crazy like that, you know. Um, I usually, oh, Ubisoft itself is like Swedish, right, or something like that. I hope I got that right. <laughs> um, Ubisoft is Swedish, although I guess they haven't been winning things recently. France, I think, wins things a lot. I don't know why. France, Japan, the United States, I feel like are the, are the big winners usually. But uh, yeah, anyways. No, Wikipedia. So the game developer, the developers of Game Maker Studio, which is a game engine, were acquired by Opera. That is the same company that made the old Opera browser, to be clear. Uh, oh, they still huh. exist. To establish an Opera gaming division. So if you didn't know, I actually knew this uh, a while ago. Opera is, well, still kicking it. Um, and they made a gaming browser or something like that? I don't know, bro. I don't know what the difference is. Uh, <laughs> but they have a gaming browser or something similar to that. Um, is it cloud gaming related at all? Oh, this is before. I think this is like before cloud gaming was a thing people talked about, essentially. I've seen someone use it actually once. <laughs> uh, Game Maker Studio is one of the engines you have to pay. It's a, it's a publicly available one in that you know anyone can go and use it, unlike certain you know proprietary engines. But you do have to pay for it, unlike uh, Unity Unreal, which have... You're free until you start making money, essentially, with caveats. Um, but Game Maker CD, I believe you straight up to pay for it. And if I'm thinking about the correct engine, I believe it's also codeless. I don't think you need to know how to code to, to use to use uh, visual scripting, essentially. Hopefully, I'm getting not that getting that confused with Construct. It might be that both Game Maker Studio and Construct have similar things. I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Oh, some of the bigger things I forgot about somehow. Uh, Xbox Game Studios acquired ZeniMax Media. ZeniMax owned Bethesda and uh, its software and other notable companies. It's pretty crazy. If I recall correctly, there's something about Skyrim being a console exclusive or something like that. I gotta, I gotta look this up to, to be uh, Skyrim. Doesn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, Skyrim sequel is set to be an Xbox exclusive. That is wild. <laughs> And it's set to span three console generations. The Elder Scrolls Six. I, I feel like I, I can. Feel, I feel like I can. I can feel the outrage in the Skyrim community because Skyrim is such like a. I don't know. It's such like a. 
it feels so standard that it feels like it's it's wrong to make an exclusive you know <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a minecraft or exclusive right it's like how how, <laughs> how can so you it this? won't even be on pc like on xbox game pass on pc oh that's a good question um because that would be truly wild <laughs> this yeah. is like a pc classic game like <laughs> no I, I believe certain xbox exclude you know quote-unquote xbox exclusives are available on PC via the Xbox Game Pass. I think that might actually be one of their policies. I could okay. be wrong. That's weird because you have to make a you have to make a PC port just for people with the Xbox Game Pass. I mean, it's worth it, worth the money or something. Well, I, I mean, know. you want to be able to like VR it and like you know like Skyrim is popular in VR and I don't know. It feels like the kind of game that would benefit from being able to do pc like things to it like so, modding actually no yeah exactly modding's a big big part of skyrim right that's exactly like this part uh it's very odd also when are we gonna get mods on consoles bro like actually like <laughs> i understand I there's, ever. Uh, yeah i understand the intrinsic problem in that uh modding is generally not safe because <laughs> um, uh, you're just down you're downloading untrusted well it's up to you whether you trust it or not, but I guess the developer cannot trust the code, essentially. I can um, imagine there being, like, app stores within games or something like that, but I, I highly doubt you'll have... Like, yeah, I think there are a few console games that I have, you know, quote-unquote modding, which is, like, I, I assume sandboxed. It's all sandboxed, you know, where it's, like, you can only execute certain, like, types of code. You can't do anything damaging, essentially. The problem is that one is... Extra- I, I, I've actually done the doing... I've been doing... Uh, a good amount of uh, research recently into modding and you know how to go about it programmatically to sandbox something requires a lot of effort so sandboxing is the essentially practice of to be in a general sense just separating something in this, in this sense it just means uh making it so the mod cannot affect the user's device in any significant way like that you know ruins it you know deleting files and stuff like that uh, most mods are not sandboxed because takes a lot of effort on the uh, developers uh, and to actually sandbox it. Um, or some game engines might prevent sandboxing. That is not common, though. Um, I don't think Unity, Unreal Engine, or, or Godot support sandboxing like that. It's, just, it's, a big, it's a big undertaking to actually do that. You have to make a custom API. You have to essentially make a custom interface for, uh, for modders to program. And that can take a very long amount of time. Uh, and, it, and it restricts freedom of the modder, because sometimes there are good reasons to save files in places where you wouldn't expect them to save files or something like that, or a good reason for them to read files that, you know, are in places that are in sensitive areas and stuff like that, right? You can imagine, yeah. like, having, like, a like a weather tied weather system tied to, like, the real world or something like that. Yeah, or things that, yeah, things that rely on, on the state of your computer, for example, you know, reading, reading certain files that, you know, are in places where you could also have sensitive information. So I understand, you know, consoles are very locked down in in, in that regard. Like, you know, part of the, I guess the appeal of them is that, you know, the whole it just works thing, even though okay, I have things to say about that, but, uh, <laughs> um, and that, you know, everything is curated. Now that is true, actually. <laughs> uh, curated, so that uh, in theory you have a better experience in your in the software you choose. It all just run. It all runs perfectly. Uh, should at least on consoles. And anyways, uh, Skyrim. So Skyrim exclusive. Very odd that mods. Yeah. Aside from that, uh, Sony and a company called Endeavor, which is a holdings company I've never heard of, have uh, jointly acquired the Evolution Champion series. So this is better known as Evo. It is a fighting games tournament that happens, uh, I think, annually. 
it's kind of a big deal in a sense. I don't know what their plans are to do with it. Uh, well, I, I can only I can only assume they'll inject so many games, so many fighting games <laughs> when those come around. Uh, otherwise, I do not know. Oh, this is interesting. This is a crossover between the film and gaming game industry. Is a uh, documentary called Colette uh, was made, and um, it was uh, included in a game called Medal of Honor: Above and Beyond, which is a VR game I did not know existed of a series I didn't know existed. It won best documentary best documentary in the Oscars as the first. Oh wow! Um, yeah, first first Oscar Oscar award movie produced by a video game studio. It's produced by Respawn Entertainment, uh, creators behind. Titanfall and Dirty Bomb is also published by Oculus as well. It's a VR game, so I guess that makes sense. It's a 24-minute documentary, so it's fairly short for a documentary, so maybe it's worth a, a quick watch. Um, Colette, uh, I believe, follow, I believe it's, uh, it takes place during World War II, following a French revolution, revolutionary called Colette, uh, or revolutionary? Resistance fighter, I should say. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, um, I didn't really get. I was like, "How is this really affiliated with the game?" Right? Is Colette like? Because Colette, Colette's a real person. I believe she actually uh, is alive and uh, says things in the documentary. But like, how, how does this have to do with Medal of Honor? Is it based off of the story? And what I read is, "quote It's part of a documentary gallery for the virtual reality video game Medal of Honor." I don't know what it means by a documentary gallery. It was like an in-game gallery or something. I don't actually get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is what it is. Oh, another big, big player stepping into the games industry is Netflix. Netflix acquired Night School Studio uh, as its first game studio. They have made games that I've never even heard of, so I don't really know why they chose them specifically. Um, apparently, Netflix launched a video game service via its mobile app for subscribers. I also did not know about this, which I think is concerning if you launched a video game service and nobody, I haven't heard of it. Have you guys heard of it? No. What happened? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't hear, I didn't see a single advertisement. I didn't hear a person being like, oh, you know, Netflix just updated the app. I'm going to try it. You know, at least you expect people to try it. I'll say it's good, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, the Netflix doesn't do much advertising in general, do they? That is true. But, like, it was injected into your into the app, right? Like, I saw someone to say something, you know? Like, someone to notice. <laughs> Otherwise, what was it for? <laughs> you know? I mean, Netflix uh, has been trying to get into gaming world for, like, I don't know, like oh, yeah. five years now unsuccessfully they, a, they made a deal with uh well, they're going to make a deal with telltale games until uh, telltale turned it down i believe for uh time issues i don't have time to work on it but yeah I, uh, yeah okay <laughs> that's happening and uh, last but not least on my list is uh tencent bought turtle rock studios turtle rock studios is perhaps one of the most unknown studios that is also the most influential like ever so they are the creators of some of the counter strikes not all of them the first, the first thing they made was the uh, Xbox port of the original Counter Strike. I believe they made Counter Strike Source. Um, I could be wrong about that though. They made another one. Uh, they also made Left 4 Dead. They made Evolve, and they made Back for Blood. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I have in my uh, in my. Oh, also, I said this before. The Game Wars happened uh, at some point. Yeah, that's all I have. Aside from, of course, uh, notable game releases, I guess. But I'm certainly. Not up to date. I've been definitely paying attention to more uh, technological changes, culture changes, and stuff like that, and less game releases this this year for sure. But yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of consolidation of power <laughs> in, in your list. Yeah, I mean that being said, 
there are new companies, you know, like the birth of new companies is not listed on this. You know, like there are certainly companies that have been born, like whoever made Among Us, for example. No, Among Us is actually uh, fairly old. Not old, came out in 2018. But, uh, you know, recent success, I guess I should say. Uh, Inner Sloth, that's what it's called. And anything popular, I mean, it doesn't show, it's not going to show uh, things, you know, like, like new companies that exist or companies that, that were born this year that haven't really reached the spotlight yet and will, you know, eventually, right? That being said, do I think the, the, the industry is in general consolidating? It would seem so, although it is certainly hard to tell. Is it, is, I think what is definitely evident is that, you know, the big players like Amazon, Google, Microsoft, et cetera, well, Microsoft's always been in gaming, but, uh, you know, Google, Netflix now, uh, you know, them folk, they are uh, entering the games industry, which will almost, will, oh, not even almost certainly, it will certainly lead to, to consolidation. They're just going to start buying things. They already started buying things, right? Like, uh, well, we just, I just said Netflix bought a studio. Google, I don't know what they, I don't know of anything they bought actually in the gaming industry. Microsoft bought with Bethesda um, or ZeniMax, ZeniMax Media, I should say. Amazon has bought things. I can't remember what they are. I don't know if the studio that well, the studio that uh, studio that created New World is new, but it might be one of those things where like it's pseudo new. It's like they just bought another studio, destroyed it, and then created a new one in this place. Uh, possible. So that's uh, twenty twenty one, gaming summarized. <laughs> that's pretty impressive. 